Dearest gentle readers and esteemed members of the ton, on this mini episode, we are discussing all things Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. There will be spoilers and a lot of spilled tea, so if this one is still on your to-be-binged list, we'd promenade over to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back, everyone. We have to start with a a serious uh, public announcement, and that is to say that we, as a Page Rage, (laughs) were very, very wrong. (laughs) And we don't say that often, but we have to retract a very large rage that we had on our last Bridgerton episode and it's haunting me it's physically haunting me because I remember as the words like the horrible words that we were saying about the Queen Charlotte spinoff and how nobody asked for it and nobody wanted it and then here we are with an episode dedicated to Queen Charlotte (laughs) for a little caveat I there are certain things I still would like that I did not get from the book but I did get a little taste of it and Queen Charlotte but yes for the most part I do take it back this shook me I will say I like Queen Charlotte more than I like the Bridgertons mic drop I don't think that's a mic drop I actually really agree but I think it's also because this was not a book first so So obviously there's a book now. It was just released uh, at the time of recording. It was released about two days ago. Um, But I think Shonda and her team had so much just freedom, obviously working with Julia Quinn to create this story and what this was going to be. And it was spectacular. Yes, hands down. And I love that it was fiction based off of facts. I found that utterly fascinating. Also at the time of recording, the Writers Guild is currently on strike pay them more <laughs> look at mm-hmm. what these writers can do when you give them the freedom the freedom to do it because this was incredible i have been screaming from the rooftop you really have <laughs> it's like it's a problem <laughs> i literally didn't even tell you when i finished it because i was like i don't have time to talk about it and that's all <laughs> she's gonna call me immediately and i genuinely <laughs> do not have time <laughs> so <laughs> i loved it start to finish i loved everything about it I the only complaint I had is I didn't get a musical, but you know what? <laughs> we got the, you know what? We're not gonna talk about it. We didn't get it. We have the stepping stones to get there. We're closer than we were. Yes. Also, uh Daddy Smith Smith, whatever his name was, was extremely handsome. Lamar. <laughs> like you're very nice. Yes. Very happy Daddy Smith 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 is a zaddy. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of zaddies okay. in this. Okay, so speaking of casting thought, I don't even know what to think. I loved everyone. I I don't even think I had an an issue. My one uh, moment where I was really taken aback was uh, when we had Caitlin Stark in there. I was a little concerned. Again, literally no one should invite her to their wedding ever. So <laughs> as a Game of Thrones fan, I was extremely concerned to see her in there. But she was great in that role. I thought they did a fantastic job. They did a great job casting the younger Charlotte and the younger George. I mean, looking at just going back and forth between the old older and younger it was mind-boggling like the young George even has the old George's nose how did they do that <laughs> yes I was surprised I was like Catelyn is that you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I took me a minute mm-hmm. I was like, is that her yes casting was amazing Corey I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his last name his smile was so endearing just like the older one because he always comes out mm-hmm. so happy when he's having his moments and I was like uh 
India versus the OG Queen Charlotte. Amazing casting. I mean, they crushed it. Brimsley and Reynolds. I loved. I so loved cute. them. And I loved old Brimsley. He was so adorable. I also really loved that they snuck in an American. So young Lady Danbury <laughs> is actually American. And I was like, yes! <laughs> we got one in. All of them were stunning. They yeah. had such striking features. Yes. I have no issues with casting. Me to say. And I like that this was obviously set in a different era than Bridgerton because we got to just see a whole different era of costuming and just all the fabulousness and the headpieces and the wonderfulness. <laughs> and I loved it. It was fabulous. It was very over the top. I will say one thing that I cracked myself up on. Mm-hmm. You know how I am about eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Queen Charlotte's sons. I was like, you definitely got your daddy's eyebrows <laughs> and then some. <laughs> like those are serious. And he was like one of the better looking sons. And I was like, whoo. I thought you, I know which one you're talking about too. He has a really furry like sideburn yes. too. Yeah. One of the ones that had to get married. I thought you were going to go after Lady Danbury because OG Lady Danbury, there were a couple moments where I was like, we're getting a little, a little circular with those brows, but she normally has nice her. brows, but like, I don't know what happened just now. It's I hate oval. Yeah. I was like, what, what is happening? I here? don't know what is happening there no. and how she went from normal to just because this was not happening. I don't recall this happening in the other seasons. I know she had like bigger eyebrows but I don't remember this like circular oval thing that was go- what did they do I try not to talk because I do love me some Lady Danbury but I don't what know what is who did that. happening here yeah you know I hate that I do but I, I just thought it was hilarious because when I saw George's one of his kids I was like oh you got your daddy's eyebrows for sure <laughs> you are his <laughs> I did really enjoy as a mixed person who's very interested if I ever have children to see what my children will look like I like that they showed the diversity of all the kids because when you have a mixed marriage, truly, you never know what those babies are going to pop out looking like. You could have redheads with freckles, can literally be any color on the planet. And I just love that they showed that whole rainbow of options with all their kids. It made me really happy. I agree. I thought the spectrum of when all the kids were popped in there. I love that. Let's talk about the OG queen with her sorrows, sorrows, prayers, prayers. I love her. I aspire to be her when I grow up. That's who I want to be when I am an old lady. Um, her. So just so everybody is prepared, that's what's happening. I'm already on my way. <laughs> my- oh my god! But it was hilarious. Oh, she killed me. I just love. I love her mannerisms. Golda is impeccable as Queen Charlotte. I have no words. She's great. Phenomenal, I- if you will. Phenomenal. <laughs> Taking it back. Taking it back. Yep. I think out of everybody who has been casted in the Bridgerton world would be the one I would want to meet. Golda? The most. Yeah, I yeah. would too. She seems so chill and so kind in her interviews. She seems like I, a I, good time, actually. Yeah. Like, I want to go out drinking with her. I want to go out with her and Lady Danbury and Viola Bridgerton. Like, let's go out on the town, ladies. The first episode, the wall where we meet George and his adorableness. I remember when they first introduced him and I immediately was like, we're following him already. <laughs> I was like, he is a little cutie. He's so cute. He is absolutely but- adorable. I know. I love they had great chemistry. They did. They did. And it's funny. I've been watching a lot of their interviews, too. And you just see it. Just that playful banter. 
they did not have to try. Like they, they was already there. So I, I love that. And I love that they all seem very close outside of it too. Shauna is like hitting it out of the ballpark with actors who have really good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Poor young Dan Barry, her entrance. I was like, as bad a bitch as Lady Dan Barry is, this is how you brought her on screen. She's done so dirty in the beginning. But mm-hmm. you know what? Everybody has to evolve from somewhere. We had to see her evolution into the Lady Danbury, the fierce ruler of the ton that we have now. But oh my God, I just, I cringed throughout so much of this for her. I was like, how are you allowing this nonsense? I did like her character. I ironically did like her with her husband, how he was saying all the issues he had dealt mm-hmm. with being of color mm-hmm. growing up and racism. And she, you know, felt for him. And you could see, I don't want to say love, but definitely like empathy mm-hmm. as they're both going through that together. And she was like, we're going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. And I love that. They had potential, but he did not in turn see what he was doing to his wife. But she was doing so much for him and would have. They could have been formidable as a couple, but he did not take advantage of great partner he had in her. He didn't care about women. Women were second class to him. It's like there were moments, there were little moments where like, maybe there's a glimmer of hope. And then there it went Mm -hmm. again. Three steps forward, four steps back. Always. (laughs) Three of my life. Her and her maid, though, they were hilarious. I loved all their little scheming and nonsense. I'm glad she had somebody because she definitely needed someone in that house. Well, obviously, the main part of this one, this queen-to-be episode, there were definitely some cringy moments from Lady Stark basically treating Charlotte like she was a horse and examining her teeth and her skin and everything else, all the way down to after we get through this majestic meet-cute and this wedding where luckily it was not red, we get to Buckingham House and George basically is like, okay, bye. What did you think when he like walks her in this house and just loses his royal mind and then just like dips right back out? I would have had the same reaction as Charlotte. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Wait, what? What do you mean where you're going? And then I would have made you explain it multiple times until I finally I was like, I'm still not getting this. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And I was like, George, what the F is going on here? And not for nothing. We all know what happened in Regency era back mm-hmm. then. What the next thing mm-hmm. is. Am I and I was like, even I know you have, you to. have to. Like his mother was like, I had like 80 people in the room, like watching it go in to make sure it happened. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised they weren't still doing that at that point. I was like, mm-hmm. usually they had somebody at least standing outside the room. Like, yeah, it happened. We all know Correct. what the rule is here. So do you, George. I don't know why we're not just making this happen. So I was highly confused by that. I was like, what? where are we going with this? I was also, but her whole little moment with Brimsley or like the moments, I should say with Brimsley throughout this, She's like taking five steps up, seeing if he's following her, like (laughs) jumping to the left, jumping to the right, stopping really fast. Like it was just so I would do the same thing. I'd be like, can you just like literally walk right next to me? Like it's this is silly. Um, But I I liked how they kept going back and forth in time into him then and them now. And it's such an interesting relationship the two of them had. They're like an old married couple. I know. Well, into the next one, Brimsley and Reynolds have their little moment, which I love them together. Also, uh, I watched an interview and Reynolds said that was his actual hair. I know. <laughs> I also, they also had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Sam and Freddie, they were really, really good together. I loved them. You could tell they, at minimum, they were very good friends. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I did. I did read an interview where they were basically saying exactly that. Like they had such good chemistry because they are so close. So I was like, I love that for you too. And he tried to be Colin. He I saw. Isn't that yeah. wild? They said he tried for so many different roles and then they were going to give him like a really tiny part, I think in the last one. And his agent was like, 
They keep bringing you in for big roles. Just hold on because something is coming. And then here you go. Brimsley. Yeah, there have been chitter chatter about if there is a spinoff, maybe he'll get his little spinoff with him and Reynolds. And I was like, um, I'm going to need Reynolds to sadly die because he better not be with anybody else. I Well, it was kind of sad because at the end, like he, it was just Brimsley dancing, you know, by his, uh, by himself. But I'm like, where is Reynolds? Like we never really got an answer. Like, is he still around? Like what's happening? So do you remember in the first season of Bridgerton, they're having dinner? And I think I don't remember if he called Reynolds name, but she said, oh, they're dead. I don't remember if it was Reynolds because he no. was like he was starting to like have his mm-hmm. um, manic moments. And he was like, where's so and so? And she was like he died oh maybe it so is I, think reynolds. Reynolds, I think reynolds actually passed away even more heartbreaking that brimsley has not loved anybody else but i mean how can you his You're life married. is her queen charlotte though mm-hmm. i felt like it was a nod when they when he gave her the pomeranian and then you flash forward and she had like six pomeranians i was like is that a nod to queen with the corgis <laughs> <laughs> like this is where it started it was right here yes. i would have preferred a bunch of newtons but i'll take i'll take when she called that poor little Pomeranian a deformed bunny, I was like, Charlotte. But, but <laughs> then she def- she explained herself and I was like, okay, fair. She's like, uh, this is not a dog. A dog is, it's a German shepherd. It's so dignified. Okay, fair. From German standards, this is a rat. I, I, I now understand. <laughs> You're right. Okay, so we finally, in this episode, we finally get Lottie and George, which he did not call her in this mm-hmm. whole series. I was expecting that to pop in somewhere. They finally consummate and then they consummated everywhere, which was super awesome. I was like, oh, here we are because we got no sex, Anthony and Kate's, and we got all the sex in this one. But I loved their slow burn. But I was like, girl, how could you not jump his bones? He is so cute. I think my favorite moment was when he was like in the bathtub and she was like fucking with her dress like she couldn't get it. She was trying to get it inside. He's like, just get in. I was like, I die. I was like, oh my God, George. Little baby George is the next sex symbol. I'm like, Simon who? Who is Who's that? <laughs> Team Farmer George. Yeah. Maybe. Speaking of, we had, a, we had a call back to him too. His daddy. We sure did. We sure did. I know. I just, I couldn't help but glare. When they mentioned that he's in there, I'm just like, mm, you horrible, horrible man. Garbage. <laughs> I want to talk about the great experiment, which was disgusting. And I don't know why nobody offed Lord Boots' head off. <laughs> Yeah, the great experiment. You know, I am glad that they dove into this because I know when we came into Bridgerton season one, there was a lot of hubbub because obviously they do colorblind casting. So it was just this incredible rainbow of humanity that we got to experience in the Bridgerton series. And there are allusions to the great experiment and like what happened. We know that Queen Charlotte was a part of it. We know Lady Danbury really went through it. Duke of Hastings went through it. But we never really got to see what it was that they had to go through. And so I really did like that this pulled so many of those conversations in because this is not a conversation that's in the Bridgerton books, obviously. It's not about race and experimentation with society. This obviously didn't happen. I wish it had. We'd probably be a lot farther along if it did. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was really well handled because let's face it, it wasn't like a snap of the fingers and all of a sudden everybody was equal and everything was fine. So it was really interesting seeing A, Lady Danbury come into her own as like the leader. I mean, we'll get into it, but you know, when Lord Danbury expires, they all look to her like, what's next? Is is the title going to pass? 
past, what is going on? And I just really enjoyed seeing how she kind of maneuvered her way into making sure that, as they always said, her side had that same lasting nobility as the title ton of yore. I really liked how when the Smith Smites and shitty Duca Hastings popped in and I thought it was great that they did kill. Obviously, Lord Danbury is not in the Bridgerton world. So obviously he had to expire mm-hmm. at some point. I really thought they did so well writing that in because I didn't even think even either did she when they were like, well, where, where does it go next? Mm-hmm. Does it go to your son? And she was like, you could tell she was like, had oh, no shit, idea. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't either. I was like, I didn't even think of that to ask that question. So when the Duke of Hastings rolled in and they asked those questions, I was like, oh, my God, what a great <laughs> that is amazing. That is a great point because I did not think of that either. I loved that. I hated the way that Catelyn's when she was in there with all those people and they were talking about a great experiment. I just kept thinking like, how disgusting are you people? Mm-hmm. And good for Danbury going toe to toe with Catelyn the whole time. I read that Armesa said that she loved doing scenes with her because mm-hmm. she completely elevated her her acting to another level because she had to match her. She was like, she was I believe it. Blowing me away. And she was also a Game of Thrones mm-hmm. fan. So she's like, I'm sitting there and I'm having to meet her. And she was like, my acting got so much better just because of those moments. I love that. Like, I love yeah. hearing things like that. And I love actors playing off each other and just hearing more about like the craft and what goes into it. Mm-hmm. I think that's so fascinating. But truly, can you imagine like sitting in all in your whalebone corset across from Catelyn Stark and then just going toe to toe with her? I feel like you have to like channel your inner bad bitch because like what else do you do across from her? because I feel like she is fierce AF as an mm-hmm. actor. I'm glad that she felt like that elevated her and it pushed her to be better. I, I love hearing things like that. Bringing it back to the great experiment. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> it, it was done very well. It wasn't just like a touch on and go. They kept it going through quite a few almost all this episodes mm-hmm. and we got to see this integration happening we saw the first integrated ball essentially and mm-hmm. what that looked like and seriously shout out to daddy ledger for being literally the first man out there like all right let's do this and like he's integrating that ball ally. he sure is and then you know kind of a ripple effect after that so we are literally seeing bridgerton history in this show i also really enjoyed that lady danbury you kind of see her fighting to be a friend to the queen because it's tough because there were things that she needed but she made a decision at one point in the show where she's like I can no longer use her as somebody that I just need things from I need to be able to be her friend and have her feel like I am hers I appreciated that she was also the one like you are literally the first black queen we have ever had you cannot just act like what you do doesn't matter like you have to wear that crown and be our queen but remember us too and I love that she held her accountable I can't, I'm not going to say this is exactly what she said, but she basically said, I need you to focus on the bigger problem mm-hmm. than this guy who may or may not like you. Correct. We, you got to get over this dude and focus on Correct. there's a whole bigger issue here. Mm-hmm. And although I was nervous the whole time, I was like, is she, is she going to get caught? <laughs> is she going to be pissed? I was getting real stressed every time she met with Catelyn. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was nervous through 95% of this show because she just makes me nervous as a viewer. I'm like, oh God, what's <laughs> happening now? Okay, so episode three 
we see the first big episode that Farmer Just George has, which was incredibly heartbreaking. And I thought Charlotte handled it gracefully and beautifully in the best way she could when she was like, I'm your Venus. I think that set the tone of their whole marriage just in that one line of like, I'm your heavens, focus on me. I'm not going to lie. For six and a half hours, I cried probably six of them for like a steady stream of sobbing. What did you think? I mean, that's the very end of the episode obviously there's a there's a lot that happens before we get there but I think that scene showed who started to show who Charlotte was going to be as a queen and as a partner I enjoyed Charlotte's literally standing by her man to quote (laughs) the song because you know Queen Charlotte especially like the first season of Bridgerton can come across as very like Marie Antoinette like I don't care I'm just let me be entertained you know and here we're seeing who she really is behind that facade and she's much deeper than that she was not phased she was like all right well this is just what we're gonna have to make work and she did not take her vows lightly I thought that was endearing and I, I did really enjoy that Reynolds also got to see that because obviously Reynolds has been holding the secret to himself and he obviously cares very deeply for King George as well so I was just happy he kind of had like a partner in crime and especially when Brimsley got brought in like the three of them could learn how to handle it and have each other. Before we got there though uh, obviously this whole episode was called Even Days because this was all of the angst of their trysts as they're trying to make a royal baby and I thought the Even Days was cracking me up I was like just accept it you guys are into each other like stop with the nonsense. Killing me. It was so funny. I thought they were adorable. I love the love hate. Mm-hmm. Like, look at that passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember thinking, I was like, well, we already know she has 13 kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was busy a good portion of her life. Well, I'm pretty sure he didn't sleep with anybody else because when would you have the time? Mm -hmm. Girl, you've had 15, y'all good. And as soon as they started, I was like, they probably got pregnant within the first three Mm -hmm. times. Come on. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved everything about it. The sex scenes were amazing. They were hot. They had great chemistry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their chemistry was was incredible. Um, Loved them on screen. It was literally bursting off the screens. I hope something actually happened with them off screen because there's so much chemistry there. I feel like it would be a shame to waste it. At the very least, they're best friends. Yes, at the very least. I think you have to be. I don't think you can do Mm -hmm. things like that with somebody that you have some semblance of caring or relationship with and not end up very close at the end of it. I'm not going to lie. I want like young Danbury and her maid to like hang out outside of the production. I love them together. Well, speaking of Danbury, we also saw the very first of the Danbury balls. And I know we talked about it a little bit, the first integrated ball. I just loved how Danbury played it because at one point it looked like it was not going to be successful. They were not going to show up. And as much as I did not like lord Danbury in this, his pride and his whole demeanor when he realized people were attending and acknowledging him made me so happy. I feel like as much as the great experiment quote unquote started, this was the peak of when everything kind of just fell into place. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of got over the hill right at that moment mm-hmm. and everything just started clicking on. It was so well done. And again, give it up for Lord Ledger for being mm-hmm. the first ally, even though his wife is trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's awful. I was like, who is this bitch? Like, get her out of here. I did not expect that. 
I kept thinking, I was like, damn, Violet, thank God you took after your dad because your your mom is terrible. Violet is incredible. Like, she is such a sweetheart. I was like, how, how and why? Just how and why? Lord Danbury was talking to Agatha about how this is how he grew up and this is like such a big momentous occasion for him. And then he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, oh, God damn it, man. It's like he has these brief, shiny moments and he just crashes right back down. I was like, sir, I am rooting for you here. I want to. I want to root for you and you were making it so hard. Hard to do so. Speaking of uh, Lord Danbury, in this episode, we we do see his demise. But I guess at least he went he went out happy at any rate. If you're gonna go out. That's the way to go out. Her whole reaction was hilarious. Like you literally hear him like thump off the bed, and I'm like, what do you think happened? Where do you think he went? <laughs> <laughs> when she had that moment, um, when she was up, it was like four in the morning, and she was drinking port, and she was talking to her maid, and she was like, I don't know who I am without him because I was literally created essentially for him that absolutely mm-hmm. got I mean I think it explains so much about the character of Lady Danbury as we know her in the quote-unquote future that was very sad and it definitely made me feel good about how she ended up good for you do you boo live that life I hope you bang in all the dudes all <laughs> over the ton all right so episode four we switch over to baby George's point of view I'm calling him baby George I can't <laughs> I can't call him baby George and think of in this way. <laughs> We're in Farmer George's perspective, <laughs> which I absolutely love that he farmed. And when I fell down the rabbit hole, he was Actually very was. into all that yes, stuff. He was. Yeah, he was very concerned about feeding mm-hmm. his people and keeping them moving. And I was like, he was actually a really good king, mm-hmm. surprisingly. <laughs> Awkwardly, he was the one we broke off from, too. He was the <laughs> yeah. one who lost the colonies. Whoopsies. <laughs> so that was Parliament. I'm, that wasn't him. That was Parliament. Yeah. But yes, when we saw everything from his perspective and what he went through with that douchebag, the bedlam guy, Monroe. Reynolds, I need you to do something the whole time. I was like so stressed. I was like, Reynolds, get in there, man. Like, this is madness to me. I wasn't expecting this. Like, obviously, we know Mad King George, like that's his whole moniker in history. And we've seen what happens to him in the future. But I was not expecting that to be what he was going through and why he was absent from their honeymoon. And that absolutely broke my heart for him that he was trying so hard to fix himself so that Mm -hmm. he could be who he wanted to be for her and that just absolutely killed me you wouldn't go through that for anything else but love with the ice baths and the weird porridge that medicine back then lord help us the restraints and the shock therapy I was really hoping they would kill him. Off. Yeah, Monroe. Off with his head. Monroe literally should have been like shot and truly like mm-hmm. dragged through the streets for people to like throw shit at. Like he was a vile human. And it, for a second, I thought there was some hope. Like in the beginning, when he was able to like bring him back to himself, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe we can do this. And then we went down this horrible, traumatic mm-hmm. spiral. It definitely freaked me out when they panned through. I was like, what are you gonna do with I know, these dogs, I know. bro? Like I was stressed when he got the Pomeranian out. Although there was another one in there. I was like, where's that dog? What happened to him? Is he gone? Is that a pet? What's going on here? Especially after just watching Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like very traumatized. Still going back. (laughs) It was hard to see the love from his end because of what he was going through. But just those acts were showing how much he was in love with her. And I was like, oh my God, I love you so much, baby George, Farmer George, just George, 
whoever Who, George. Whatever George. Whichever version of George you are, you know, we love all your facets. You ha- know how I am with old people. All I kept mm-hmm. thinking is that sweet old man's face. And I was like, look what he went I through. I, I mean, same. I was like, this poor man, truly. To be such a prisoner in your own mind is so heartbreaking. It's it's especially heartbreaking because now there are literal meds that you can take and help balance yourself out and lead a, a functional life. But if you were mm-hmm. born in the wrong time, like you were fucked. The one big thing that I loved in this episode mm-hmm. was we got <laughs> not our musical, but we got the Smite Smiths. Oh my God. And they blast. <laughs> and then I was very happy. <laughs> Because if you're going to have a musical uh, ass family, <laughs> but here's the thing, you cannot make I want them terrible at music. I'm going to be really upset. I'm going to be really upset if they're good at music. This is my favorite part. They're terrible. <laughs> they can't be bad. That's so fucked up. Listen, I can't. I, I need it. As soon as they were like, when she mentioned it, I was like, they're black. I was like, I don't give a fuck if they were orange. <laughs> Just put them in the show. I have been waiting for you. It has been, I've done my waiting 12 years in Azkaban at this point. I when they showed up, I was like, okay, okay, are we getting any kids? Are there any daughters? Do we get anything? Is there going to be a violin in the background? Give me something. <laughs> They're just holding a violin in the background. Just, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right, Shonda, we're on, we're on the way. We're almost there. <laughs> Let's keep this going. It was great. I, I was so happy. I was just waiting. Like, because I knew they were in there, I was just waiting the whole time. Like, where are they at? Where are they at? Who are they? It was the best episode <laughs> in my I head. Just liked, for that I liked that they were part of the quote unquote other side um, mm-hmm. of like the black ton because they are such a prominent family in the Bridgerton books and I it just mm-hmm. made me so excited. I was so and obviously there's intermingling with the Bridgerton so I was just like <gasps> I'm trying to I'm trying to reel it in, but I'm pretty excited. So I really hope they tie it into Penelope and Colin. God, I hope so. Maybe we'll get a spinoff of the Smy Smiths, and I would be fine with that too. I will take it in any form. Their books were so funny. I know. They are hilarious. <laughs> and I want to say that is our caveat. We wanted the Smy Smiths more when we wanted Queen Charlotte. Correct. Now that we've gotten Queen Charlotte, I want them yes. both. I'm going to be selfish. Yes. So I want it all. Well, we talked about this a little bit, but we really got to see the showdowns between Stark versus Danbury. And we have to we have to refer to her as a Stark in this moment because truly this was some Game of Thrones level shit in whalebone corsets, like mm-hmm. <laughs> and lots of tea. And I loved it. I loved every minute of the two of them. I mean, she'll never be anything but Catelyn to me. I was like, <laughs> I know. When she broke down and Catelyn was like, no, 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 this will Mm-mm. not do. Uh, I feel like that was probably the last time Danbury cried. I think so. I just love that she's like, no, no. I look forward to this. This is the literal light of my week. You are a formidable adversary. I refuse to have you break down like this. She's like, pull it the fuck together, Danbury. You have come too far to lose it all now. This is women Mm -hmm. fucking supporting women. You can be on opposite sides. You do not have to like each other, but you can still hold each other up without tearing each other down. Beautifully done. I will say I did like that we got a little snippet of Catelyn's background and she was saying, which is true because they did say in history George his father was amazing mm-hmm. but his grandfather was Horrible. fucking awful mm-hmm. to him and she repeated that back and was like you don't know what I had to do to make sure my son grew up mm-hmm. you know accordingly and then as soon as she she like told her that I feel like Dan Barry was like oh mm-hmm. we all struggling out mm-hmm. here and got her shit together and was like all right well this is what I need yep. let's effing do this <laughs> sip <laughs> my damn tea sit up a little straighter and pull the fuck together <laughs> and that was the last tear Danbury ever shed. I know, but I, I just I love that. That was the true like mm-hmm. formation of 
Danbury as we know her now. That was it. Like all the pieces like clicked mm-hmm. together right in that moment. Her eyebrows moved as that happened. I don't know if anybody knows. <laughs> but that brings us to little baby Lord Danbury, who is literally the probably the cutest little human I have seen since the little baby Prince Wakanda, <laughs> like mm-hmm. with his little face. When she gave him that speech and was basically just like, you know, you were descended from princes like and kings, like hold your head up. And he's like four years old, like, okay, <laughs> like, I'll do, did I do my duty? I was like, oh, stop it. You're so cute. I don't know how <laughs> people stayed so like solemn with their kids back then. I'd be like, you're the cutest fucking kid I've ever seen. I, like, don't let everybody tell you. This. I don't know <laughs> like, either because he was freaking adorable. Like, I can't, I can't handle yeah. it. I wanted like a moment where Catelyn's like sipping tea and there's like little Dominic <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> She's just like little smirking because like she, I know that bitch loves kids. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Queen Charlotte, you as well because this baby is adorable like, also really I loved that they did an instrumental version of who run the world girls uh, in this episode i believe it was this episode uh feels like it was Beyonce. <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm surprised she didn't like wander somewhere i wish she had <laughs> i would have lost my shit like i would have truly lost my shit she could have pretended to be an opera singer right? and fine put me in there don't give her too many lines because she's not a great actor but she but could like sing. so she could yeah. get around and think that's fine we flip back to the og queen charlotte and she says this quote to her son with the eyebrows <laughs> 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 and she says love is determination Love is a choice one makes. You take someone in marriage and you choose to love them. You do not give yourself any other option because marriage is difficult, full of pains. The life of a royal is lonely, so you grab someone and you hang on. You love and you love hard because if you do not, you are lost. I have to say that's probably my favorite definition of love I've ever heard. I did enjoy that moment with them. And I know we actually haven't talked about uh, Queen Charlotte and all her kids because that was definitely a part of it. Obviously, she lost her royal heir at the beginning of this. They needed a royal baby and the pressure was effing on. She was like match making left and right screaming at all her kids to fornicate stop fucking around with their hoes stop being frigid bitches (laughs) like she was all up in there that was actually probably one of my favorite Mm -hmm. scenes in the beginning where she just like wrecked them Mm -hmm. it's like these moments when you see the humanity behind her facade of like queen charlotte and you see how much she actually does care about people people just don't always realize like what her love language is and the way that she cares for people she's not gonna be like the warm and friendly mom that's not who she was she is like that with king george but she was not like that with her kids this defined her relationship with king george because she had to make a choice she's like i'm in this uh yeah when she said drop your side pieces (laughs) (laughs) this isn't camilla you're not going to be able to marry this (laughs) get it together Uh, (laughs) also i saw i just have a quick aside somebody uh had a picture of camilla in her crown uh, the fake queen and was literally like I'm gonna tell my kids this was Jolene and I lost my mind I was like stop it right now <laughs> when she said that to her son I think that was like you said the moment where I think he also sees that mm-hmm. his mom does love him mm-hmm. I don't know why but I guess because I always have asked my parents my grandparents everybody who's been married like an absorbently a long time what is love to you and all of them say something very similar to this like mm-hmm. you will not like your partner mm-hmm. for years sometimes mm-hmm. but you wake up and you choose to be with them every day mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, obviously not married but have been with John for six years and truly the fact that he is like my best friend is probably the reason he is still breathing so i think that's very fair i'm single af i'm over here just trying to find my farmer george like (laughs) 
I absolutely loved. Again, I was sobbing. I I love that line. I love how her son, you could see his Mm -hmm. whole facial expression changed and like, because they didn't realize. I'm sure they didn't spend as much time with their dad as they probably should have. So they probably never saw what they should have seen as a healthy relationship or even a relationship in in general between the two. Agreed. 1000%. But can we go back to the uh, gardens in bloom and Lady Violet just like losing her shit and struggling with the fact that she's still very much in love with her husband, but like also, you know, wants to get laid. <laughs> and she's a woman of a certain age. And it's like, what do I do? And she like comes to Lady Danbury and Lady Danbury is just like trying to hold it together and like not die like laughing. In addition to this, because it's just like bombs on bombs on bombs, find out that Lady Danbury and Daddy Ledger, aka Violet's actual daddy, were a little thing. Did you see that one coming? Because I sure as hell didn't. I did not know we were going there. <laughs> that was an interesting turn of events. I'm not going to lie. Violet in this show, I wasn't as invested in her as I was Danbury and obviously mm-hmm. Charlotte. That when he brought little Violet to their little rendezvous, I was like, oh no, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to happen in this, but I didn't want you to bring your daughter this time. I have a feeling there may be a little love baby between Danbury and Daddy Ledger. I don't know if they're going to do anything. Maybe it was just like a gesture she was doing, not even realizing because they're literally in like a shit ton of fucking whalebone and whatever. But I was just like, oh, my God, what if there's like a secret love baby that pops up in like Bridgerton? Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. (laughs) That would cause so much chaos. They just roll up in Bridgerton like, hey, what's up? I really also liked the exploration of the relationship between Violet Danbury and Queen Charlotte in this. I thought they were quite a dynamic trio. And obviously, we know that Danbury and Queen Charlotte were close, but it was nice just to see the relationship the three of them had that they are showing, even in that time, that just because they're women of a certain age or two of them obviously had lost their husbands. We all know the deal with Queen Charlotte and King George. Mm-hmm. They they weren't dead. Their lives didn't end. They're still like fully capable human beings. They were all lucky that they've been loved as deeply as they were loved. Even Dan Barry, she said she was like, I have been loved and I have been in love. And obviously that did not happen with Lord Dan Barry. Mm-hmm. I would love to explore that a little bit more because I hope that Lord Ledger was not her only dalliance going on. I hope she traveled all over the world and got all kinds of going on. Good for you, Dan Barry. He did. Okay, so at the end of five, she stomps her ass right on in there to the secret little hellhole that that little shithead had built and she throws her weight around quite literally mm-hmm. and, and then threatens to kill him which I wish mm-hmm. she would have. Throws Monroe out on his ass, rescues, she rescues King George, pregnant AF. And she said I care about his happiness and I care about his soul. That was one of my favorite moments. I know I have had quite a few but this was definitely one of the tops when she was like, you know what? If he's going to be mad then he's going to be happy and mad and if that's what makes him happy then that's what we're going to do. I thought that was a really powerful statement and definitely one of my favorites of the series. I really wish Reynolds would have slapped him in the face on the way out, like... <laughs> With a glove. Just, yeah. <laughs> I will not see you at Don Ho, because if I do, I'm going to fucking kill your ass. Like <laughs> Shifting over to this final episode, which I was hysterical at, start to finish, but he gave the most beautiful declaration of love where she was like, do you love me? If you tell me you don't love me, mm-hmm. then we'll just live separate lives. And it is what it is. And then when he did his I loved you the moment Mm -hmm. I was like definitely one of the best moments of Bridgerton hands down (laughs) like it was Mm -hmm. so good that speech was incredible because their love is enduring it's not this fairy tale it's not this like happily ever after it is 
like she said, it was a choice that they were both making. She was choosing to live with someone that she knew was not always going to be the person that he Mm -hmm. she fell in love with. And he was choosing to be vulnerable with somebody else, knowing that there are times where he was not himself. And I just thought that was one of the most beautiful things I have watched in a very long time. Yeah, he was trying to sacrifice himself for her Mm -hmm. happiness. It's such a different love than Anthony and Kate yes. and Simon and Daphne, who gets on my nerves. We're not going to talk about Daphne. Uh, it's so real. Like mm-hmm. they went through something, they have a real issue that to me makes that love was a relatable love. The other two, it's very much like, okay, we're reading it in a storybook. This is mm-hmm. another time. This is relatable. I feel like it's like a never ending love. Mm-hmm. Well, in this episode, um, amongst all of these beautiful moments, Queen Charlotte, OG Queen Charlotte, also gets her granddaughter who ends up being the baby Queen Victoria, who is one of the most epic queens outside of Queen Elizabeth, rest in peace, that we have seen to date. I thought that was quite the moment for this epic love story to end in such an epic human. When her and her son hugged and she just had that moment where she was just so happy, like you saw her starting to crumble when her daughter was expressing like, we're here to talk to you because like, you don't understand. It's like, we are trying. We have lost kids. We've lost all these things. And you just see her. First, I felt like you kind of saw across her face. She was like, excuses, excuses. You know, she's like, we've all been there, blah, blah, blah. And then it really started like hitting her what they were telling her. And then it was just such a human moment when her son Mm -hmm. and daughter-in-law came to her and told her that. And she was just so outrageously happy. And it was even about her. It was literally about she promised her husband that their legacy would last and that's all she cared about. I did read that I think two of the daughters never married. They stayed and took care of their dad for the rest of their life, which is endearing and sad yeah. and my but future but princesses they were fine <laughs> they were literally fine they were living their best life if i was a princess of that time i'm not fucking getting married either because why would i want to leave my cushy castle where i can do whatever the fuck i want and have to deal with like some man who like treats me like a piece of like property i'm i'm not doing that either if i was one in 13 i'd try and get lost in the sauce like forget about me i'm just like, a library i don't i want to be in matter. another continent yeah don't worry like, about me you'll never see me again. i'll be like all right mm-hmm. also after baby queen victoria which was adorable mm-hmm. flashback to the big ball where george had to address mm-hmm. parliament and their trash and we saw the moment where catelyn curtsied down to queen charlotte which i absolutely loved mm-hmm. And I loved the I will always love you. It's sort of hysterical so at, at that moment. I was like, Dolly, where you like, at? Where you at, girl? <laughs> I know. And then we got little Brimsley and oh, Freddie, no. the young version, dancing together off on the side, having their moment. And then we flash forward to old Brimsley still dancing by himself. And I was not a well. I wasn't well. Not a- I, I, the, the end of this episode was not good for my sanity because I was not well through a majority of it. It came at us hard. It came for us <laughs> hard, Sean was taking all emotional prisoners like she was leaving nothing nothing for you like she just wrecked us all this was the Shonda I know you don't watch Grey's Anatomy but this was the Shonda Rhimes of Grey's Anatomy of yore when Christina who was Meredith's best friend left the show and literally told her you are the son not him gutted us all left us just emotional disasters and then just like exited the show 
this was that Shonda. I was like, oh my God, not again. Like there are a few moments in TV history that have gutted me to my core and Shonda has written probably three of them. <laughs> so at the end of the show, I thought this is what she gives you in Grey's Anatomy. I don't know how you people are alive. Well, I can literally define my life by Shonda Rhimes moments. So OG Charlotte walks in to the bedroom and she's like, talking to him and obviously he's lost in his madness Mm -hmm. and she's like george just george pharma george and she climbs under the bed instantly instantly i you would have thought somebody in my family died i was i could not physically breathe i was gutted and that end with the you didn't go over the wall and i just want to say we didn't see queen charlotte laugh at all unless she was with george Mm -hmm. just and then the pull away just seeing their little shoes like under the bed but yeah but i love that she It was so interesting to watch because she saw him having his moment and just the way she like finessed and she was like, okay, what do I have to do? Okay, we're going to do this and then I'll get him back so that he understands. Mm -hmm. And I love that she still had a way to get him back, even if it was just temporary. Like that made me so happy for her that at least she still had those moments because I know she hangs on for those moments, which again, gutted. When he grabbed her hand and she was surprised, like she was like, oh, it's you. And then they kissed and uh. And when they were flashing back and forth between the young and the old and you Mm -hmm. had like the older Charlotte and the younger George and vice versa, I was like, please stop. I cannot take anymore. (laughs) I cannot take anymore. I am not well. I have nothing left to cry. I just don't know if you listeners know this, but I love old people. And I think they know old, by now if they've listened to old, old people love stories. The notebook, I didn't care about until the end. This thing, I thought it was a beautiful love story. The end is what wrecked mm-hmm. me. When you saw old mm-hmm. George, when I tell you Savage is not a cuddly dog, I was in my bed and he like put his little paws up and he was like, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> And I picked him up, sat in my lap because I w- could not breathe. I was like, is this what you people do with Grey's Anatomy? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. I couldn't. I love that old man. James Fleet, I love you. I know you don't get a whole lot of screen time, but just know I'm in love with you. And I wouldn't have gone over the wall either. No, I would. I mean, who would go over the wall if you see that staring at you? I'm like, who are you? Because I i don't know who I'm marrying, but I'm going with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you are beautiful, sir. That was you with the, you didn't go over the wall. No, George, I didn't go over the wall. Like it was was so precious. It was perfect. It was. That's what it it was. was. Chef's kiss. This series was Mm -hmm. incredible. I don't even need Bridgerton anymore. I'm done. I don't care. Who? (laughs) Who? I'm good with this. (laughs) Not going to be able to top this. You're not going to be able to top this at this point. Well, I think I know the answer to this, but have your thoughts, your thoughts and prayers and sorrows and whatever <laughs> about Queen Charlotte changed after watching this. When I first saw her in the first season, I didn't really care either way, obviously, because, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to miss my, but I will say when George came on screen in the first season, that's when my heart broke for her. No matter what is going on with this lady dealing with something like that, because I didn't know their love story, obviously, is a battle in itself. And I don't know how I would handle it. So you can be whoever you want to be. So that's how I always figured from the start. I will say that we were both terribly wrong. And I would be, (laughs) I have watched that ending seven different times just to sit there and cry. So we were wrong. We were very wrong. And we can admit it because we are Mm -hmm. grown ass women and we can say when we're wrong and that's fine. I think you said it well. It was definitely that moment in the first season when you're like, oh, there's something more, more to her character and to her. I definitely think that my opinion of who she actually is, is very different than when we were just watching Bridgerton. We, I don't think you can watch this and not feel mm-hmm. differently about her as a character. What about Dan Barry and 
Violet. How do you feel about that? I don't think my opinion of Violet changed at all. I think it's pretty consistent across this all, Mm -hmm. you know, this whole thing. She's a a golden retriever. You can't like hate her. You know what I mean? Danbury, I think we got a lot more layers. I struggled with her in the beginning because in my head, she was Dame Maggie Smith, as you know, and it just, I just couldn't get her out of my head. Um, And it was hard to get into her character just because of how she played it in the beginning. I obviously am very used to her now and loved her in the second one. She did for this character and this backstory something that Dame Maggie Smith would not have been able to do. Um, Correct. So I definitely have a new layer of respect for her as a a character and as an actor as well. I agree. I can get behind that. I do. I would like to talk to somebody about shifting her eyebrows. I don't know what was happening in this season because I was like, where did we go here? What is happening? Why do we have like a perfect oval? I know we already said it, guys. I can't get over it. I'm not even as much of an eyebrow person as Kat is. And I was like, what is happening here? I thought it was just me. No. I was like, is it, am I being picky I like, here? Because like, I don't know what we're going with. I this. was genuinely so. confused. So so what was your favorite thing in the whole show? That is really hard. Um, but I think it was a combination of a couple things. I think it was, like we have stated, seeing a Bridgerton experience that showed real real complicated Mm -hmm. love and it felt like real modern issues that they were dealing with and then just having them expand the world in a way that showed the struggle and fight and process of integrating their society because well at least the first season it's kind of easy to think it was like a snap of the fingers and like everything was fine Um, and I appreciated they expanded that world to be like it was not fine (laughs) it was not fine and so I, I really liked both those things and I mean there were just some epic moments that mad king speech on those steps that's probably one of my favorites hands down just he's gonna be mad and happy then he's gonna be mad and happy back the fuck off like i loved it i just loved it so much and then episode six of course that should win awards that one but i think that's it my favorite thing was all of episode Mm -hmm. six everything about it start to finish mostly Mm -hmm. the end i love that she didn't laugh the whole series Mm -hmm. until the end when she was with him i love the old to young flashing i was like who is this director give him an oscar Whatever it was. Love it. Obsessed. Obsessed. Was there anything that you didn't like or anything that you felt like was missing? I mean, I wanted a little bit harsher punishments for some of the people that were in the show. <laughs> Why is that always what our issue is? Is like they didn't get punished enough <laughs> at all or yeah. enough. I sound like Sandra Bullock, Miss Congeniality. Harsher punishments for parole violators, yes. Stan. <laughs> I agree, though. I think that's it. Like, truly, this man should have been like fucking drawn and quartered or tarred and feathered, whatever those old timey tortures were do it all big question do you want another season or no i'm torn because i really loved these characters but i feel like this first season was so perfect i don't know what they could do to add on um i would like to see them i would like to see all the younger characters but i think i would be okay if it was like this was it for Queen Charlotte specifically, but then we did see like a Brimsley where obviously she would be or another spinoff where we could still flash back and forth to seeing some of their stories. But I don't know how you top perfection. It was so good. I completely agree. I don't want anybody to touch it. It's perfect and it's lovely and it's wrapped up. No, really I don't want anybody to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody to ruin it. Listen, freaking I did the Shonda Rhimes train. I mean, I'm not in Grey's Anatomy, but I tried with how to get away with murder and she was going I won't let you left, do it to right, yourself. You'll be 
center. So, so I, I'm not, I've seen how things end up mm-hmm. at Shondaland. And mm-hmm. I love this series so much. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Give me the Smith Smythe yes. spinoff. Yes. That Brimsley. What I will say about Shonda though, Shonda can write herself some love scenes. And when I say love scenes, it's not only romantic love, it's also like friendship love. Like she is, mm-hmm. she has written some of the most incredible scenes about relationships between two people that I have ever seen. And I'm grateful we live in the era of Shonda. Well, our little baby mini episode turned into a full-blown gigantic episode. So we lied at the beginning and said it was going to be a mini episode. (laughs) We all thought it was going to be a mini episode. It was not because we had a lot to say because we loved this show. It is page rage approved. Also, George, I don't know how old you are, but it might be too old for you. I don't think there's, I think it's I'll take those eyebrows, baby. Daddy. As long as you don't mind, I'm just going to sit there and stare at him. Like, that's that's fine. Pretty. He, he's so adorable. I think he's little, though, but it's I think okay. he might be, I love- but they love you, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is my wheelhouse, oh, ladies man, and gentlemen. <laughs> he's literally a short king. <laughs> a short king. <laughs> so, James Fleet, I just want to give you extra love because I never see you on any interviews or anything, but I love you. Well, hopefully he'll, they'll all be on the awards circuit because they deserve award on award on award on award. And again, pay these effing writers, give them what they want because without oh. them, we would never have a show like this. Yo, we'd be getting some trash TV. So y'all need to pay them Correct. some better money. Correct. <laughs> but at any rate, to wrap this up, we want to hear from you. Did you love Charlotte and Farmer George as much as we did? Email us at hello at pageragepodcast.com or DM us on Insta at pagerage underscore podcast. And of course, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network. <laughs> <laughs>